Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. Welcome to the second episode of our Screen Verdict podcast. Coming hot off the heels of our Cars 2 Pixar podcast, which I think was pretty well received. Rave reviews is what I'm hearing. Sweeping through the uh, iTunes right now. And uh, actually, this is a good reminder. If uh, you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, you can listen to the podcast in uh, on the in your car, on the train, on your eye, whatever's. Uh, it's fantastic. For free. For free, yes. It literally cannot be any cheaper. Uh, but enough shameless plugging. What are we looking at today, Jonathan? Today we're going to be talking about the television series Wilfred, both the original Australian series and the brand new US series starring Elijah Wood. Yeah, uh, very exciting. Uh, For those who don't know the backstory uh, to Wilfred, it was a short film that a couple of Australian guys put together. Uh, They entered into the uh, pretty pretty famous uh, short film uh, festival in Sydney, Tropfest. Big festival. Yeah, became a finalist. So... um, uh, and then someone from SBS must have liked it. They decided, let's commission it into a, a series. Uh, it was pretty well received in Australia, critically. Won a few AFIs, got nominated for a Logie. For uh, those who don't know, Matt, what is a Logie? Well, a Logie is like the Australian equivalent of the Emmys. It's sort of the Australian TV Awards, except all the importance and prestige of an Emmy it doesn't have. Um, because most of the winners are decided by text message voting. So it would sort of be like if the Emmys were voted on by um, 13-year-old girls on their uh, text messaging phones. Still a good thing to have on your resume. Yes, they didn't win, though. Still a good thing to be nominated for. Yes, definitely. Uh, so very, very uh, congrats to those guys. And then someone in America must have liked it. And the FX is the FX channel. is the channel, and they said, let's do an American version. Okay, so let's talk about the premise of the series. Yes. You have uh, a main character who is interested in a woman, and uh, this woman happens to own a dog, who the main character sees as a man in a dog suit, but to the owner and to everyone else in the show, he's just a dog, a a regular dog. But we, we, the audience, obviously see the man in the dog suit that the main character sees. Yeah. Now... Why I don't completely buy the science of Wilfred. We are men of science, so let's talk about this, the logic of Wilfred. I don't get it. Firstly, so the guy's the only... He's the only one who sees Wilfred as we see him. As far as we know, he's the only one that sees a man in a dog suit. Okay. Like, how... Like, how... Why does he see him like that? Well, in the Australian pilot that we watched... This was not attempted to be explained. Yeah. It's easier to raise questions than to answer them. Mm -hmm. In the US series, there were some little red herrings, some little mysteries proposed as to why he sees this. For example, he's he's taking the drugs in order to uh, commit suicide. But they weren't even drugs at the end, though. Well, that's a little twist they throw in. They think there's, there's potential side effects of these drugs, and then he learns out they're actually just sugar pills. They're just keeping us on our toes, Matt. But there's still no explanation as to why he sees the dog like this. I think we just have to wait six seasons for these uh, questions to possibly be answered. I've been burnt. I've been burnt by this before, Jonathan. I, I, it's a sore topic for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go six years to lost. But anyway, the, yeah, I I think I don't get that. Okay, on one level, and secondly, he does things that a dog can't do. Like, he uses his hands to do stuff, and, yeah, I just don't, how can a dog do that? 
yeah, there are things that uh, say the the we see the main character speaking out loud to the dog, and yet the woman next to him does not hear him speak or respond to him speaking. Yeah, like I was thinking stuff like the dog smoking a bomb. Like a dog cannot do that. Well, that's not necessarily... That could be something that he's just imagining because he's not actually interacting with the dog when he smokes with the bong. However, when the dog brings him clothes and he then puts on the clothes, that is something that he's interacted with outside of the dog. So either he he got the clothes by himself and he just thinks the dog's brought it to him. Yeah. But that's something where he has actually interacted with the dog. So the dog, whether it's a figment of his imagination or not, has actually had a real effect. Okay, and, like, don't get me started on the bathroom thing. Why doesn't the guy lock the door when he goes to the bathroom? The bathroom... The dog does walk in on him in the bathroom several times. Yeah, why... Who doesn't lock the door when they're going to the bathroom? Especially if someone has already walked in on you once or twice. There is a precedent. So is this a complaint with the writing? I guess that's a complaint with the writing more than the premise. Um, But, yeah, I... I don't get... Yeah, I just don't... It, it, look, I think for a short film it works fine because you don't really question these things. But for, like, on a week-by-week week basis, it's going to get very old very quickly. Beyond the signs, the, the, the hook, I suppose, that has intrigued both SPS and FX is the ability for us to gain insight into a dog's mind. So we have the opportunity for a dog to speak to a human... And we get the perspective, the dog's perspective on humans and the human's perspective on dogs, and they can interact. Is that interesting to you at all? Were you hooked by that premise? I've seen it done before. Like, Up even had this. A talking dog. Like, we've seen talking dogs before that give us an insight into dogs' minds. I suppose the difference is that they were set in surreal environments, whereas this is supposed to be a realistic environment, and that's where your scientific questions come up. However, yes. I think if beyond that, it does offer a slightly different perspective within a realistic setting. Yeah, it, it does offer a new perspective, but it's not that surprising. So either. you're not interested. You're, you're not buying into it. I don't really like the premise. I, I think, and it's a bit old. Like, it's not like the dog's providing these amazing insights into what a dog thinks about. He's, like, chasing cars... And smoking bongs and eating a lot of stuff. I think that's different. There aren't too many bong-smoking dogs in this up that you referred to that supposedly done it before. <laughs> no, but I was saying, like, like how's that? what does that tell us about his character? Like, he's humping girls' legs, he's chasing after cars, he's doing stuff that we would expect dogs to be... Like, he's not giving us any extra information. Oh, I didn't know dogs like to chase cars. So you don't like the premise? Let's talk no, about. I don't like the premise. Talk about the show itself. How okay. it how it yes. dealt with the premise? Okay. Yeah, the execution. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do that. So we have the two shows, uh, same premise, but they've gone about it a little bit differently. Let's talk about the main character's situation. Yes, that is probably the biggest difference of the two shows. Would you agree? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah. The Australian series starts off with uh, the main character played by. Adam Zwa, I believe. Some nobody. Some nobody. Adam Zwa, yeah. He doesn't have his own podcast. No. Uh, who is already dating the owner of Wilfred. But it seems like a first date. It seems early on in the he relationship. He doesn't know she has a dog. No. It's the first time he stayed over. Uh, whereas Elijah Wood, 
the owner of Wilfred is someone someone he idolizes, someone he hasn't actually interacted with. And for him, the main the main difference obviously is the U.S. premiere starts off with him trying to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So you have him him taking drugs, attempting to commit suicide, but failing. And he's lying in bed waiting for it to take effect, which is quite funny. That was that worked for me. That was yeah. quite comedic. Yeah. So we've got two very different premises, Jonathan. Which one do you think works better? I think there's more to play with in the US version because there's the journey of him trying to date her initially and then how does he go about doing that, whereas in the Australian one, he's already there. Yeah. And the fact that he's committed suicide, that gives a totally different uh, angle on the character and it gives you... Uh, it sets like a, it sets a setting. Yeah, and the, the whole series is time he didn't think he would have. So he's coming from a dev- very different place than the Australian character. And I think it works quite well because uh, we've got a place where we actually can get to know the character and we, we sort of are attached to the character from the very beginning of the series, where in the Australian one, the guy just walks in and we don't really know anything about him. We don't really have that connection point and we're not really that... We don't really feel for him too much when Wilfred's giving him a tough time. We don't know that much about him. He seems just another sort of nice, softly spoken slightly low on confidence person, whereas Elijah Wood is quite unique in the yeah. situation uh, that we are presented. And we've got a couple of extra characters in the uh, US series, at least from the starting off point than the Australian one, because not just the guy, the girl, the dog, there's also the guy's sister who works in a hospital who's trying to get him a job at the hospital, and uh, another neighbour that's a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a... Bit of a uh, problem uh, for them, uh, played by the My Name Is Earl brother, Ethan Supley, or Slurpee, or whatever his name is. It's never Earl with you. You always refer to him as My Name Is Earl. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that My Name Is Earl is in a movie. Well, we know a lot of Earls. Like, oh. you know, if I say, hey, that's like Earl, you'll, you'll go, oh, which Earl? If I say, oh, look, it's that My Name Is Earl you'll know the Earl I'm talking to. It does solve the problem. I think a better solution would be learning the actor's name. Jason Lee. Well, there you go. But this guy isn't Jason Lee's real brother. He's He plays the character of Earl's brother in My Name is Earl. <laughs> I can see. Anyway, I think these extra characters add a bit more dimension to the show. I think a lot of... Or some criticism people had of the of the original series is how far will they be able to take this premise? I think introducing these new characters gives them more places for the show to go. Yeah. With only three characters, how long can we watch those those people with yeah. with these with the sister, mention of the dad, the neighbour, there's a lot more directions for the show to go mm-hmm. perhaps longevity that the original yeah. series didn't have. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, and speaking of characters it's probably worth comparing the lead character um, has changed in both of the series. The dog is still played by the same guy, uh, played by Jason, Jason Gunn. Um, Two different pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Gunn or Gunn. You at home can vote. Yeah. Your favourite pronunciation. Yes. So Jason Gunn plays the dog in both of them. But the main guy uh, in one of them is played by Adam Zwar. And in the US version, is played by Lord of the Rings star Elijah Wood. Indeed. Do you think one of them works better? 
I was interested to hear that Elijah Wood was going to be on the show. I thought, yes, going from film star to television, what's 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 been going on here? Do you think this is a, a step in the right direction for Elijah Wood? If it's you were his stuff. agent, if you were his Ari Gold, would you think this is a good move for him? I think it would be if this show turns out to be a, a massive success. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it sounds like film star struggles to find film role ends up on failing television series. Yes. It's a... It's, it's, putting, it's putting all your chips in. And, uh, ju- just one thing. To refer to him as a film star is perhaps generous in, <laughs> in 2011. Right? When's the last movie he started? I've got him up on Internet uh, Movie Database now. I don't know. I like Green Street Hooligans. That was pretty good. He hasn't really been in anything since Lord of the Rings. Green Street Hooligans was 2005, I'm being told. I've never heard of this movie before in my <laughs> life. He was in Sin City. Did he have a big role there? Uh, supporting. But since Lord of the Rings, he really hasn't been that much of a film star. So I think this might be a move in the right direction because it gets him back out there again. How, how many of the Lord of the Rings cast have actually had a successful career post-Lord of the Rings? Viggo Mortensen has done particularly well. He got an Oscar nomination. For uh, Eastern Promises. The year after History of Violence. So he's had two two good roles. He got an Oscar. The Road as well. The Road, yes. Um, so he's done well. I think Orlando Bloom's done quite well. He's been in the Pirate series um, and various other things. He doesn't really need to do anything more now, seeing as he's married Miranda Kerr. No. You only sort of need to become a film star in the first place in order to marry a supermodel. So once you've married the supermodel... He doesn't really need any more roles. He's 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 kind yeah. of he's done it. Yes, and then you had um, the guy who played Sam in Lord of the Rings. Uh, he was on season five of Twenty Four, which was their Emmy-winning season. He sort of survived about half of the season. So, so if you had qualms with me calling Elijah Wood a film star, he probably wouldn't qualify either. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Just establishing that. Yeah. Regardless of whether you think this is a good. Uh, career for Elijah Wood. Now, I think this is good because it gets him out there again. I'm glad to see him back on yeah. back on the screen. Yes. So, is he is he better? Who yeah. do I prefer, Adam Zwire or Elijah Wood? Yeah. I think the face has a lot to do with it. Yes. Elijah Wood has a, a handsome, endearing... Comedic. Good eyes. Good, good colour in the eyes. Could you... How long could you stare into these eyes, Jonathan? It's not an attraction thing. Oh. I'm just saying it's it's not a coincidence that even my favourite actors include Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp. Yeah. He's got a nice face, is, is, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say handsome. I'd say a bit more... What word would you use? Cute. Cute. I don't think that's better. It's... No, it's... What do you mean not better? It sounds it sounds condescending or perhaps even more of an attraction than handsome. No, it, it's it's a cute little face. Like it, it's like a little like he, well, he played a hobbit. Like he's thirty years old. Is that <laughs> is that too old to use the word cute? If the shoe fits, <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it, I think he's cute. Um, he's, got a, he's got a little bit of stubble. He's trying to he's trying to outgrow that. Yeah, just the eyes are very sort of big and, like, his nose is... Just because sort of he played big. a hobbit doesn't mean he's actually four foot tall. He's not the height, it's the face. <laughs> the face. 
But anyway, I, I, and look, this is this is a role where a lot of it's going to be reaction shots to Wilfred's shenanigans. Yes, he is a more animated yeah. actor. And I think we can be a little harsh, though, on uh, Adam Zouar, because I really think that the writers gave Elijah Wood a lot more to work with. Suicide attempt, family dynamics with the sister... You know, I think there's a lot more for him to work with. Do you think that's representative of a different style of comedy? For example, you mentioned the reaction shots from Elijah Wood, whereas a lot of Adam Zouar's comedy is quite dry, it's quite subtle, he's mm-hmm. not a lot of facial movement, if you will. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So which one was working working for you more? I'm not sure if it's just Elijah Wood, but I think the character in the US one was better. So let's tie this into the writing, because this is different writing. Yes. The original series uh, starring Jason Gannon and Zouar, they were the creators and writers of the show, whereas in the new new US series, the writer is David Zuckerman, yep. who was played a large role in the television series Family Guy. He was the first showrunner for the show. Indeed. Which initially has me a little concerned. Not too large a Family Guy yeah. fan. Uh, I don't mind Family Guy, but I'd say Wilfred uh, is something with the premise that I'm concerned getting old quickly, and I don't think Family Guy is a show that has a good sense of uh, when things are getting old quickly. doesn't have the history of keeping a story arc going no. over a long period of time. Yes, and also there'll be good jokes that will drag on for a while and it'll be really funny. But there'll also be bad jokes that they'll drag on for a, a little while and it will just suck up a good three minutes of the show. We have to mention he did also work on, played a prominent role in the show King of the Hill. And also one of my favourite shows, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's where he got his start. Now I'm not sure when he was writing on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hopefully before the, the clip show they had around episode eight. Yeah. Hopefully he was writing in the first eight episodes, because I think it peaked peaked around there. <laughs> so it's one of your favourite shows, but it jumped the shark at episode eight. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, Zuckerman, do you think better or worse? I think there were more jokes that packed into the one episode. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger laughs I got from from that too... So yeah, I think you have quality and quantity, mm-hmm. both on the US side. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd say, yeah, okay. I, I'd, I'm not sure which one the writing's better in. I think the directing was definitely better in um, the US one. Do you think that's based on creative talent or just budget? Because clearly budget. the cinematography, the production values uh, were larger in the US one. How about some of the creative aspect of the directing? Um, I like that we got more of a story. I wanted to, uh, you didn't really want to talk about this much, but I, I want to briefly talk about the girl. Because uh, that's the other sort of uh, uh, main sort of character in the series uh, that is different in both of the shows. Um, do you have an opinion on... Uh, on, on oh, the American one was hotter. No doubt. Um, this is definitely a trademark of an American show. Or Americans in general. Tell, <laughs> tell us, Matt, you've travelled to America. I have been to America. 
what would you say some of the differences were? I imagine that America, things are just bigger. They're like bigger TVs, bigger burgers. Like, you know when Jack goes up the beanstalk and where, finds out... Where, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> what are you wondering? What are you, what are you wondering that's bigger in America? <laughs> I'm just trying to establish cultural differences between yeah. Australia and America. Yeah. And my understanding of it is size. Yes. So as I was saying, Jack goes up the beanstalk... And says, oh, he has, you know, some pretty similar stuff to us, the Giants. It's just bigger. Yes. I imagine if you go to America, it's pretty similar to Australia. Just everything's sort of 15 to 20% bigger. Stuff is bigger there. So actresses' eyeballs are bigger. Teeth no. are whiter and larger. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're going with the... With... Body features are larger. This Okay, yeah. Generally, when Americans are going to adapt an Australian or a British TV show... They will upgrade to a more attractive cast. So I've talked all about the differences. When push comes to shove, Jonathan, which is better? As unpatriotic as it is, I found the US version significantly better. I'm a big fan of Elijah Wood. I thought the show showed a lot more places that it could go. I think it introduced more in the first episode. It looked better, it was faster paced, and just funnier. Yes, I I would agree. The US one is a better show. Um, I cared a lot more about Elijah Wood than I did about the other guy, and I think it's good when you've got a show like this to have empathy with the lead. And I'm not a big Elijah Wood fan like you. I'm pretty neutral on Elijah Wood, so... uh, But he was able to... But you do think he's cute. (laughs) Yes, in one sense. Uh, So, so yeah, I thought the American one was better. I think it was also good... um, I'm not a big fan of the dog premise... (laughs) <laughs> um, and I feel like the Which US... Which plays a reasonable role. Like, it's noticeable. Yeah. Noticeable in the, in the series. Yes. But in the US version, there were things other than the dog premise that, that I could appreciate, so there was a bit more to it. So, um, stuff like... I thought that... The opening scene, I thought, was a brilliant comedy. Sort of this uh, very dark comedy, but really, really clever. Uh, the guy trying to commit suicide and not being able to, and that sort of uh, leading up to this relationship with the dog. Uh, so I thought there's a bit more there with that. Uh, actually, I'm going to say something a bit controversial here. I think it would be a better series without the dog. <laughs> <laughs> what would the series be called without Wilfred? <laughs> they need to change the name, of course. Just Elijah Wood kills himself. <laughs> that would be funny to you. Get rid of the dog. He's not funny. But Elijah Wood trying to kill himself. I think, that it, made me I think it would be funny seeing him trying to court the next door neighbour, the girl next door, him sort of interacting with his sister, trying to get the job in the hospital, uh, the troublesome neighbour across the road. Like, I think there's plenty of stuff there. You don't need the dog. So the one hook the show has you want to remove so that the show can just deal entirely in cliches trying to get the next-door neighbour, dealing with a sister and getting a job. You just get rid of the man in the dog suit. I, I think it's a bit unfair to say that it would be completely dealing with cliches. I think if they do it clever. So you, what you're saying is you'd rather the show be Modern Family? Well, like, I prefer Modern Family, but... <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> I prefer Modern Family, but I don't want it to be Modern Family. I just... I don't think he's sort of... They've got characters there with some potential, and I think like the dog might get in the way of that. 
So, Jonathan, <coughs> is either of them good? I watched some of the... I've watched more of the Australian series and found it was worth my time, but not something I felt like pursuing actively. If it was on television, I would watch it. Yeah. But I wouldn't pay for the DVD. I think the US version has me a little more excited to get into the Wilford world again. Yeah. And I would I will continue to watch the show. Yeah. I think uh both have potential, but I don't think either of them are that good. Will you watch another episode of the US series? Like if it's on, maybe. But I'm not gonna look out for it. Just flick over to Mon Family. If it's on, I'll definitely be watching that over Wilfred. <laughs> but I, I look, I, I think they've improved. Uh, perhaps it'll get better. I'll definitely check in with it a bit later, but I'm just not going to see it. Yeah. Just pop in, see pop how in. they're doing. <laughs> see what Wilfred's up to. Got rid of the dog yet? <laughs> no. Nah. Alright, switching back to Mon Family. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just really like the dog. So we both agree that the US one's better. Yes, I think so. Is this the exception to the rule, or is this generally the case? And we'll, we'll, we won't bother talking about British shows that have have crossed the pond because that, that's a whole nother podcast. But Australian shows that have sort of been readapted or whatever over to America. So we've had a couple of shows go over to America. Yeah, Kath and Kim is an example. Yeah, now that got a big hype in America when that was coming. Uh, that did N- very well in Australia. Part of NBC's must-see Thursday night lineup, and it flopped. It did not do very well. Is that a case, do you think, of Australian humour not carrying over to US humour, or do you think they tried to adapt it to American humour and it just wasn't executed well? Well, a lot of people gave the American Catherine Kim a lot of rubbish for being just a, a cheap knockoff, like not very good, in pale in comparison. But the Australian one was a terrible show. <laughs> like, I think people need to remember that this was not adapted off a very good show. At the risk of alienating <laughs> the Australian listeners, we don't like the Australian version of Wilfred. And one of Australia's <laughs> most beloved comedy series, Kath and Kim, we're also declaring to be rubbish. It was just the same jokes over and over again. It was just catchphrase comedy. It was like that extras, you know, that extras show. Yeah. That was about that lowest common denominator comedy show that they made Ricky Gervais's character make in the second episode. Yeah. That was like Kath and Kim. <laughs> the characters were 2D. Pretty much all the comedy was based on catchphrases or the same physical humour like Ken running in bike shorts. Like, that was it. But as a man... In bike shorts, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny, but if you're going to make that one of the tenets of your entire, like, four series of comedy on, you're in trouble. So, I I, I don't know. I, I, I would be surprised if the American one was actually that much worse than the Australian one. What other shows do we have that well, perhaps crossed over? Not quite the same story, but Chris Lilly got a lot of success in Australia, a lot of acclaim with his uh, first We Can Be Heroes and then Summer Heights High. Uh, HBO took notice in the States. I think they ended up airing Summer Heights High over there. And then uh, they've given him his own series, Angry Boys, which I think he did co-with Australia, but this is sort of his first series made sort of partly for America. Um, And this year that sort of premiered over there. Have you seen any of Chris Lilly's efforts? 
I've watched We Can Be Heroes and Summer Heights High, and I haven't quite caught on to Angry Boys, but I've, I've seen little bits. Okay. What do you think of We Can Be Heroes and Summer Heights High? I thought it had some great ideas and uh, a couple of great characters, a couple of very funny moments, but overall, not enough uh, quality for your quantity. Okay. I, I thought a lot of people rave about We Can Be Heroes. I think that series is very hit and miss with the characters. I think some of the characters are brilliant and some of the characters are not good. I think it's an inconsistent show. I think Summer Heights High uh, was better because he got three characters, all who were funny and different in their own right, all who were quite solid characters, and it was just about them. And I think that worked really well, especially Jonah. Jonah was my favourite. Had heart which I think for a comedy series, you want some heart. Yes, I and think he, he was it. the funniest, and also he had the most interesting backstory. You wanted to yeah. to follow his journey. He had depth. He yeah. had depth more so than any other character Chris Lilly has done. More so than a Kath and Kim yeah. character. Yes, so I was quite excited for Ar- Yes. <laughs> so I was quite excited for Angry Boys. Uh, I saw a couple of episodes and was not impressed. There, I did laugh a couple of times, but only a couple. And it was very inconsistent. He was just trying to push the envelope too far, sort of being shocking for the sake of being shocking. And, yeah, I think he's really missed the mark on this one. And that's set to air in the States later this year. We got um, it first here in Australia. So it'll be interesting to see whether uh, it gets a recep- big reception in the States or not. Despite us not liking it. Yeah. Because of our anti-Australian views. Yes. It seems to, Chrissy Lilly seems to have crossed over somewhat into that market. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if he can continue that with Angry Boys. Yes, definitely. Um, so, we're obviously not the biggest fans of Australian TV. But I think, just like with anything, we've given it a fair shake today. Despite not liking Australian television shows, we like the Australian ethos of giving a fair go. <laughs> yes. I think we've given these shows fair play. We've given them fair play, Yes. So with all these shows, I think the success is determined partially by the translation of the humour, but also the execution based on the individual show's part. Yes, I'd agree with that, but I I think more on the execution. So in terms of the show Wilfred, how much of the original humour, the original style of humour, do you think has been retained? Do Do you think it's a shift in tone, or do you think it's a change in execution which has led us to prefer the US series? Hmm. Uh... There's definitely a slight shift in tone just from the fact that it has got a bigger budget. It does uh, feel like more of an American show. The sets look a bit more elaborate um, and... and There's hotter girl. Hotter girl, stuff like that. That's definitely a shift in tone. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a shift in comedy style. I think generally the comedy style is pretty similar. Yes, they've kept some of the, some of the original lines. They've kept uh, same types of jokes. The Wilfred mispronouncing something and Elijah correcting him. A lot of the a lot of the nuances of the relationship have been kept. Mm. I generally think that people put a bit too much emphasis on oh that's br- British comedy style Americans don't get it or oh the Australian comedy style Americans don't get. I think generally if something's done well and it's funny, people will find it funny. Like, Ricky Gervais has been very successful in Australia and America. Uh, Flight of the Concords, the New Zealand guys, were very successful in America with, with their show, which had a very Australian or New Zealand style of humour to it. I think if something's funny, it's funny. 
I would agree. An example would be the two versions of The Office. Yeah. I think I don't have a preference in style. I think just some episodes of The American Office are written well and some of them aren't. Yeah. So some of them I prefer and some of them yeah. I don't. I don't think it's an overall tone yes. that I'm missing or loving. Yeah, I agree. So in conclusion, we're declaring the US version to be better. Yes. Not through any self-loathing Australian characteristics, but based purely on improved execution. We, we're, ri- we're rising above nationalism. Yes. You're not rising above the premise. You're still hating on the premise. Oh, the premise is, is just a novelty. But we're declaring it to have executed the premise in yes, an improved way. Yes, I would agree with that. And your opinion is that either of the shows... Oh, like, you can take them or leave them. And my verdict is, watch the US series, buy Elijah Wood's back catalogue, <laughs> get on Green Street Hooligans. And get ready, Jonathan. Hold on to your broomstick. You don't have a broomstick. Oh, I looked for one. I yeah. don't know why I thought I'd find one. Um, because next week we're doing a very special podcast... A Harry Potter cast. I'm very excited. Um, I'm ambivalent. It's taken the world by storm, Harry Potter. Except me. Except you. Um, Have you seen any of the Harry Potter movies or read any of the books? I have not read a page or seen a minute of either of the books or films. Okay, so what I'm doing next week is I'm going to take you to go see the last part of the last Harry Potter movie. Um, and you can base your opinion on the series based on that movie. I'm excited to get yeah. my verdict on the Harry Potter series. I will see the finale. Yeah. And my voice will have as much weight, I think. Yes. As anyone else's. Yeah. No, I agree. So stay tuned for that, obviously. Uh, subscribe to iTunes. Um, if you want to send us any comments or messages or whatever, just do that however you can. If you work for DreamWorks or the Australian version of Wilfred, probably won't get back to you. <laughs> no, we'll give everyone a fair shake. We'll give everyone a we'll, we'll we'll give everyone a hearing. If you if you work for DreamWorks and you were unhappy with our assessment, we would be happy to give you a fair hearing on this podcast. Yes, if you would like to send us a free copy of Megamind and none of your other films, I'd happy be to receive that. <laughs> If we do a podcast on something you have worked on, let us know if you want to be on the podcast. If you're Elijah Wood yeah. and you want to call in and debate the term cute or handsome, we'd be happy to... Yes. Matt, Matt especially. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. We de- yeah. We don't want to scare people off that we've offended. Come on. Bring it on. We'll, we'll have a discussion with you. Look forward to hearing from you, Elijah. Yeah. 